Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. Interesting approach from Mooney Valley too. The idea of using this race as a bit of a bargaining chip. It's sort of, I'm not sure everyone would feel good about that, that, that that's the role that the Cox Plate should have. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. Time to welcome into the studio RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. We've got a big new segment today, Matty, because there's a lot to talk about, including a special in-studio guest who we will introduce very, very shortly as well. And it's got to do with Michael Walker and um, what may help jockeys moving forward. And it's off the back of Michael Walker, who was pretty emotional on after the last last night, talking about his career and finally hanging up the saddle. Yeah, exactly right. And... Uh... I I had dinner with uh, Michael Walker recently and he was telling me about just how uh, difficult life has become and how um, difficult the pathway out is. And uh, I think uh, one of the the secrets to him sort of in some way getting back on track is this not revolutionary but sort of relatively new medical treatment uh, that's cannabis-based. And that's why uh, Dr. James Stewart is with us because that's his his CV, that's his brief. And uh, he's sort of introducing this... uh, uh, medicinal benefit to, uh, to, 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 jock, to jockeys in the industry. But here's Michael Walker on after the last last night before we introduce the guy that's sort of come to his rescue to some degree. Every single race that I had ridden in and throughout my career is my absolute, my pinnacle. Don't matter whether I run first or I run last, I'm able to um, do something that I love and actually get paid for it, BZ. Like, there's no jobs really in this field where you can get that, but doing what I love is just the most amazing thing. Whether I'd win a, a race at Echuca or I'd win a Group 1 at Caulfield, didn't matter for me. I still got enjoyment because I was able to see the most best glowing part for me was to see the, the smile on owners' faces. For me, that's the most enjoyable thing to do, riding. I think for those who hadn't heard from Michael Walker for a while, you can hear it in his voice there, the, the difficulty that he's having, and uh, uh, it's good to know that there are pathways that, that, that he can use. Well, he's had so many injuries throughout his career, um, and a lot of head trauma as well, which is ultimately what has curtailed um, his riding career. But he's had a lot of other injuries as well. Remember when he had that compartment syndrome with yep. his leg and the excruciating pain he went through? The the fact that he was able to get back and ride after that, he had to change his his riding seat in the saddle because yep. of the difficulties. Well, he's riding he like John Wayne, yeah. I remember he said. Yeah, He's got every every ounce out of his body and um, you know he can be proud with what he's been able to achieve as a jockey. And I suppose it's now all about the next phase you know he's talking about wanting to become a trainer he's going to do stuff in the media but he needs to be physically able to do that he and his body needs to be able to allow him to do that with a lot of pain and that's where we introduced dr james stewart who was on with the brecky boys and we said you know what you're so interesting we need to get a a a chat with you from a racing jockey perspective, because you are working in the sphere of medicinal marijuana and you've been doing that with a lot of the footballers, but it's an area now where you're, you're going to start looking into with jockeys as well. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, like I said this, this on this morning's show, um, 
cannabis is an emerging treatment and there's some fantastic results to be had and I think we'll see more and more and more with the more research we do. Unfortunately, we're a little behind on research because of the whole war on drugs and everything like that through the 60s and 70s. But what we're finding is... Um, one of the main components in cannabis CBD, which is the non-psychoactive part, the bit that doesn't make you stone, so to speak, and the bit that you're safe to drive on and things like that, it's an amazing anti-inflammatory and it can cross the blood-brain barrier. And what it does then is dials down this chronic inflammation that people have from repetitive head trauma. So people like Michael Walker, footy players and that kind of thing, that get these head knocks all the time. That starts an inflammatory process around the nerves in the brain. Um, and then over time, as these nerves become more inflamed, they lose the ability to pass signals as quickly and so people become confused, they have clouding, their personalities change, all because of inflammation around the nerve fibres and that inside the brain. So what, we can, what we're looking at doing is introducing CBD to, uh, we'll do it retrospectively with patients, people like Michael who have retired, but then I see there's huge potential to get it on prophylactically. So to give jockeys, to give footballers uh, CBD pre-season and during the games, if they do get a knock, then that infl inflammatory process isn't going to start as active and as aggressively as it would. So more preventative than cure? So it could be like across, through the ranks, through yep. the jockey ranks, it could be a standard treatment pre-concussion that they could just add into their armoury uh, and then if something happened, they would be better equipped to, to deal with it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why. Um, and, and, and why I've got my passion with plant medicine, specifically cannabis, is because what we're taught in, in med school and a lot of where the health system falls down is we, we're looking at end-stage disease and how we treat that. You know, we're not looking at how we can prevent it and things like medicinal cannabis can be a preventative and therefore you know we don't get to the stage where we've got unfortunate things like Danny Frawley and you know people mm. like that who take their own lives um, we don't get to a stage like that because we, we, we get it on early and I know you've got a, a number of huge names that are involved with you across a number of sports and yeah. when it comes to racing one of the biggest names is Damien Oliver and I believe Damien Oliver is becoming involved with you as well. Yeah so Damien's on the um, I'm on the medical advisory board for an Australian company Levin Health um, and Damien's on the sport advisory um, panel for that along with um, other patients of mine Lauren Jackson, Andrew Johns, Damien Hardwick, uh, Alistair Clarkson these people um, and so yeah so we're looking at seeing what we can do with Damien um, and then we have to work out the ratio of CBD to THC so THC is the, the bit that, that is currently illegal so I had to get um, well illegal to use in sport so I had to get a TUE um, for Lauren Jackson to be able to play in the in the World Cup and as you saw from that last year she absolutely nailed it um, and so we'll yeah we're going to be working with it with the with the racing industry very closely because that's the the important part is that whatever um, the jockeys want to take either pre um, meditation to, to reduce yep. injury or post yep. it needs to be within the rules of racing correct yes and at the moment um, and you, do you have that at the moment it's, it's totally um, a THC ban so what we would initially look at is if we don't want to submit an application for each jockey to be able to use a product that does contain a little bit of THC we would just go a product that contains only CBD which would still be beneficial but there is a little bit of evidence to say that if you leave all the molecules in the oil you actually get a little bit of a better benefit now the amount of THC we're talking is minute, like absolutely ridiculously small. That it's <laughs> the funny thing is THC is not a performance enhancing molecule. Like mm. I mean, if anyone's ever used THC on itself, you're hardly performance enhanced. I mean, the, maybe with some shooting or so, a game like that or something where you've got to be nice. Or Netflix marathon. Yeah, or, or gaming. <laughs> Actually, that's a sport now. But um, but, but yeah, has it been a 
a hard sell for I mean, obviously the community acceptance was probably going to be a difficult argument yep. right because of the, the very nature of it but horse racing's got an absolute zero tolerance policy is it is it a bit of a hard sell to the racing industry because of their probably probably naive probably a bit of naivety about something like this but they have a very strict um zero tolerance policy to even the most minute traces of any drug whether it's performance enhancing performance enhancing or or something like this yeah that's it's been the same with most sports i mean everywhere is so strict on prohibited substances no matter what it is um but i think now the thing that we're having with cannabis is that the evidence is is there um, you know, clear cut. The evidence is coming out from the states, from big studies they're doing with um, NFL players, hockey players, and CTE, chronic traumatic, traumatic encephalopathy. So the studies there, and the thing with cannabis is most of the time it's 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 very safe and minimal side effects. So I kind of have the mantra that it's not going to make things worse. We know it can help. Why not? Just in the case of Michael Walker, because he's the the subject at hand at the moment. What say project? 12 months down the track we yep. heard Michael Walker's voice there and you can tell there's a real cloudiness there and he he sort of lays that bare with this treatment say in 12 months time what noticeable effect do you think it might have with someone like Michael Walker so I think the best way to look at it would be is if we didn't didn't do anything what would what he might start experiencing and then if we did so someone who's had re- repetitive falls and concussions they've got that infl- inflammation process started in 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 all that in their joints and also in the fibers in, in the brain the nerve nerve fibers in the brain um, and so if we don't do anything then you know what we could see happen with Michael is you know over the years he might start getting some memory loss, um, a bit of clouding of um, just some focus loss, change of personality, these type of things. Seizures. Definitely can yep. prevent seizures, yeah. Yep. So so Andrew Johns, patient of mine, um, one of the great NRL players, he was having seizures from lots of concussions and I actually reached out to him when I, he had a seizure, seizure in public and I reached out to him and said, mate, I can help you here and started him on CBD three years ago. He hasn't had a seizure since. Mm, um, so, you know, if, and if we, if we get like with Michael now, if I if we can get some CBD onto him and that kind of thing, then potentially that's going to stop that inflammation and stop mm. those changes happening. So, yeah, no, there's there's some there's some huge potential with and this. There'll be a lot of jockeys out there, like even Dwayne Dunn recently, and others as well. And it's not just for head injuries, though. I, I'd imagine this can be um, beneficial for. The, the the knocks yep. and aches and, yep. and yep. Yep. any anywhere any anywhere inflammation is so any knock you've had so physical um, you know and then and with their brain as well it's going to help dial down inflammation so not only does it work for athletes but also people with arthritis yes. you know osteoarthritis rheumatoid arthritis these type of things it, it, it can help with but now, yeah I don't know if this is fair or not but I do have an SMS here it said hey guys on the subject of CBD there was a small study carried out on wind sucking horses and apparently it helps stop that issue yes so this is, this is true a, well yes yeah yeah it was a small small study um, and you know what? So all, all animals have a endo. We have an endocannabinoid system ourselves. So that means our body makes cannabinoid molecules, and then the cannabinoid system is a master regulator for in our body and how things work. So here's a very interesting fact: the number one receptor in our brain is a cannabinoid receptor. The highest. The the receptor with the most number of receptors in our brain is a cannabinoid receptor. So that's got to tell you mm. that there's something going on with this system. And then throughout our body, we also have a really high number of cannabinoid receptors. But mammals have a cannabinoid system themselves. So here's a business opportunity. There might be some worthwhile getting um, CBD into horses um, to reduce inflammation. 
it's also good in anti-anxiolytic. So if you get a horse that's a bit jumpy at the start, it might help. Um, so if someone does that, I expect some um, some rights. James, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to keep in contact because it, it's absolutely fascinating. There's probably a lot of listeners out there, maybe some jockeys who want to get in contact. What's the best way to do so? Sure, head to my website, www.drjs.com.au or if you'd like to make a booking, head to herbalhealthclinics.com. Good on you, James. Dr. James Stewart's fascinating. We'll keep in contact and see how it progresses. Thanks, guys. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> These um, His awards, uh, Doctor of the Year, Cannabis Industry Awards. I think a few years ago people would have had a little giggle, but you've certainly... And it wasn't held in an opium den, was it? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, there's an SMS here saying, uh, guys, worth noting it's medical uh, medicinal cannabis awareness week. Uh, it's about pain relief, not getting stoned. Exactly, yep. yep, well, yep. My ex-wife's got chronic rheumatoid and she uses it and it's helped her a great deal. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. Uh, Batty, what else is making news? Oh, gee, I, I saw a headline where Zach Purton has not missed Mark Van Gestel. Uh, the uh, the new chief steward has just arrived is, over in Hong Kong. Is this advisable to get offside with <laughs> well, the uh, with the Zach, chief Zach steward? Is the king of Hong Kong? Yeah, I think what if it's like a chessboard? What overrides the king is the uh, <laughs> uh, the. Uh, so this is this um, Zach Purton who copped a suspension was one of many jockeys to cop a suspension uh, from the Mark Van Gestel regime in Hong Kong at Cha Tin last Sunday has basically said his new standard when. Assessing, you know, race, racing incidents and interference and all sorts of things, uh, saying the recently appointed uh, chief steward's approach isn't going to be sustainable here, which he's referring to his patch, Hong Kong, Zach's patch. Uh, and the head stipe has already lost the confidence of the jockey's room. So the jockeys are going out uh, not knowing what interpretation the, the Van Gestel regime will have. So nine jockeys have received suspensions across six meetings, including Zach Purton, who is, by the way, going to be riding in Sydney in a, couple, in a few weeks' time at the Canterbury yes. Stakes meeting. He'll be happy to get out of Van Gestel's. Although, coming into a similar jurisdiction here, uh, this is from Purton. I've been here for 16 years. Not once have I seen a jockey get suspended for what I got suspended for on on Sunday, you can't get suspended suspended for crowding a horse. That's not enough for a riding offence, Purton said. And then he went on. Uh, so Purton will be riding at Can- in the Canterbury Stakes at Randwick on March 4. And he goes on to, to, to say a fair bit more. And the main um, thrust of what Purton's saying is the jockey pool in Hong Kong is limited. If nine jockeys are suspended and, and then more suspensions are uh, issued, they will simply run out of jockeys to be able to ride the horses. So, Look, it is if you uh, jump online um, and have a look at the quotes, they, they're quite um, strongly worded, aren't they? For Against a, a chief steward of the racing jurisdiction, it, it says he's failing to grasp uh, and understand um, the concept of racing in Hong Kong in regards to the small jockey pools. Part of the problem is he's only been here a couple of months. The club should have had him in the stewards' room on the panel for one or two uh, years so he understood the gravity of the situation. Um, and he says, if you're a jockey from overseas looking at what's happening in Hong Kong now, I'd be scared to come here because you'd be worried of getting constantly rubbed out. No, no. Well, the, you know, I, I look, I think he's... He's been quite bold here, Jack Purton, because I think one of the big no-nos in racing is to have a crack at the chief stipe. I don't think that's going to lead to any uh, uh, a great relationship between the great jockey and the and the new chief steward. And look, Mark Van Gestel was the chief steward in Sydney for I think five or six years, and I don't think there was. I think his predecessor, um, Ray Murray, was more criticised in media circles and so on for for his approach to hardline stewarding of interference and so on. So. 
I don't think there was any suggestion in Australia that Mark Van Gestel was overly picky when it came to to those sorts of things. So it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it plays out for Zach Purton for sure. When he does come down to ride in uh, Australia, I think we'll probably be easier to have a chat to him about it. But it'll be interesting to get him on the line to see if he wants to go again with what he's saying or even Mark Van Gestel to uh, to explain his, uh, his mindset when it comes to decision-making. Well, we've put in a call to Zach, but uh, I think he's at track work at the moment, so we'll see if we can get hold of him. Um, there's a pretty tried and true... Um, formula for winning uh, and that is when the races are at Warrnambool just back Lindsay Smith Matty he had another treble yesterday yeah he's a freak um, He uh, here's a little play on Mikey this is Lindsay's day out another day out at uh, at uh, Warrnambool yesterday but the former West Aussie, the former Sand Grapers home, Hua Havana. Miss Milhouse is hitting the line beautifully, but Hua Havana pinched it in front by three lengths to Miss Milhouse. Captain Britain doesn't know how to put it away, but he struck the front with 100 to go from Rock My Socks off. Sevalana, Captain Britain in front, kept going. Here's another one for Smith. Captain Britain wins a length and a quarter. Mawalik hit the lead from Rich Memories. Thunder and lightning flashing home, but Mawalik as easy as you like. One at a length and three quarters to Rich Memories. And one of them was three dollars. One of them was two sixty. It's not like they're going around at a dollar forty. Uh, so he's had sixty-two wins at Warrnambool, and that's in what two and a half years. That's a hell of a, a hell of a good strike rate at twenty percent and placing at forty-three percent. So basically, almost half of his runners are running top three, and twenty percent of them are, are winning. His best strike rate, by the way, has always been at Northern, but that won't be the case anymore. But. Um, Kalgoorlie, Tarangs, he's got a terrific strike rate at Tarang as well, winning at 26%. So um, sometimes it can be a little bit too late to jump on board, but that's that's how well he plays at home. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, was there some steward action yesterday at Ballarat? Yeah, the CAT team, um, this is interesting in the context of discussions we've been having about Collingwood Football Club and uh, medicinal pot as well, but uh, the, this is a fairly routine thing. But uh, 24 samples were taken from jockeys, track staff, and so on at Ballarat yesterday. And on law of averages and and previous history, you'd probably say that one or two of them might give a you know a little end up in a little tap on the shoulder. Hey, I've just got breaking news. I've got the final field through for. The Ladbrokes Blue Diamond Stakes, thanks to Joshy Rodder. Now, the barrier draws will occur a little later today. Um, it is obviously a full field of 16 and two emergencies. A barber, Jamie Carr, the instructor, Geordie Childs, Dasonic Boom, uh, Daniel Moore, Exploring, Craig Williams, Arkansas Kid, Jai McNeil, Zufa Carr, uh, Ben Mellum, Little Bros, Mickey D, Brave Halo, Damien Oliver, VC, Ethan Brown, Party for Two, Nikita Berryman, Don Corleone is Mark Zara, uh, Steel City, Blake Shin, uh, Dubinenko uh, is no jockey as yet, Cigar Flick, no jockey as yet, Picky from the Corson's Yard, Damien Thornton, Extreme Threat gets a run, number 16 from the Price Kent stable, which means uh, the emergencies are sensical from the Moody Yard, and Beauty Rising from the Phillips Stokes Yard. So full field of 16, the barrier draw a little later today. And speaking of the diamond, Dan Huddy was out at Sandown this morning. He caught up with Peter Snowden, who's got Don Corleone in the diamond on Saturday.
Pete, great to see you back down in Melbourne, mate. Don Corleone, how's he travelled down and how's his work this morning here at Sandown? He's been here a few days now. He came down uh, the last, last Thursday night, so he's been able to settle in really well and uh, he's a pretty casual sort of bloke and um, good to give him that good hit out that way, especially on the track he's going to run on set. That is a big advantage, so happy with what he did and he's pulled up well. And Mark Zara engaged to ride him on Saturday. He's got the good form in Sydney bringing down here, so we're obviously getting clashes of form lines. In your mind, he obviously measures up in this sort of grade as well, so is there bigger expectations for him coming into Saturday of measuring up? I hope so. That's a great one race, but no, I wouldn't bring him down here just for a day out. Uh, I think he's up to this sort of level, and uh, he's got to do it. And it's, He's only lightly raced. He's still very new. Um, but he showed glimpses of, of really good form uh, in Sydney. Only the veteran of two starts, so he's still very new yet, but um, I think he's above average colt. What did you make of his last start effort in the Piero behind Cafe Millennium coming into this on Saturday? What did you make of that run? Oh, not what you wanted to see, uh, the price he was, but um, I didn't think his run was that bad, though. Um, no, as I say, I wouldn't bring him here unless I thought he was going to run well. And following this on Saturday, of course, has to get through the run. Plan to go straight back to Sydney or keep him here for some of the other two-year-old races leading through the autumn? No, he'll definitely go back to Sydney. And what we run, what we run him in and what we do with him depends on what he does on Saturday. Well, all the best. Great to see him out here. Great to see you back down in Melbourne, mate. All the best on Saturday. Uh, pleased to be here. Thank you. I've got no handle on this race this year. I don't know how to blend in the Sydney component. Um, barrier draws will be everything. Nothing's... You know, nothing's stuck its hand right up. So it's going to be one of those, I think, the best run and the best ride will probably win the race this year. And it's a different diamond, isn't it? And mm. held at Sandy. Yeah. So the, the barrier draw is going to be all important later today. But, it, yeah, it's really wide open. I think it's about $5 a field, which it probably should be. Well, I think Sandown's a bit less barrier dependent than Caulfield. Caulfield's so barrier dependent, but um, things tend to open up a bit more at Sandown. Look, if I was forced to have a bet in the race, I think the one that you just know is going <laughs> to be... Which you will. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd probably be on Barber. I know the ratings people... He's are more not, the bomb-proof horse, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and the ratings people aren't jumping up and down, but what are they jumping up and down about? So I just... I like the way he moves. I like the way he settles. I like Jamie Carr's soft touch. I think whatever scenario happens, he's he's not going to be an erratic runner, is he? So he's going to... You know, you could, you'd probably back him, have a nice place bet on him and be pretty comfortable. Well, he's undefeated. And they, uh, James Cummings, I think he spoke to you and said there's going to be more improvement coming out of whatever he does before he won the prelude. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you kind of take it on board that there's maybe a few lengths up his sleeve improvement, then that might bring him right into the race. If Steel City draws a gate, I think she's a bit of a uh, an X factor as well because she's got that really good form in Sydney. She hasn't won a race but blinkers go on uh, it'll be interesting to see where she falls in the market. Uh, the other two group ones I know Gay Waterhouse was on with half this morning confident that Alligator Bud, uh, Blood is ready now. First up in the Futurity. The final field's going to be interesting to see and the barriers where they lob with Tuvalu Gentleman Roy, Mr Brightside all in a smallish field and Thunderstruck as well. Yeah I'd like to see Tuvalu draw out. I think he. I, I was disappointed with him first up, but I, I think he's going to be better with the run and better bold going out a bit with a bit of room. So I wouldn't dismiss Tuvalu, but I think he's quickly reached a little fork in the road to see how he's going to measure up at weight for age. Yeah, and, it's, it's going to be a great day. And the Oatley Plate's going to be absolutely um, a classic. It's mm. at the moment Star Patrol, who would be probably top five in the market, is is borderline of getting a run. I think looking at the projected fields put out on racing.com, he's sitting as first emergency. And Mike Moroney said that if Rocking Horse 
works well, which he expects tomorrow morning, she'll run and be the, the top weight with 58 kilos. Isn't it amazing, like, that the Lightning with its group of horses was terrific and then a few of them are going, going to go on the new market. There's a large group of new market horses that aren't really even going to run in the Oakley Plate and the Oakley Plate's a great race. So I think, you know, this transition from the, you know, the, the, the Nature Strip Eduardo era... Um, is going to be a really interesting one because that there may not be another nature strip among them, but there's about six sprinters who are all, you know, that next tier down who are going to be really competitive right up to the TJ Smith. Asfura is interesting, isn't it? He's, I think she might be another Alinghi. Henry, Henry Dwyer's done a. He's been very singular in his focus. Uh, there's a lot of good races that he could have run her in, but we want to keep her weight as low as possible and go bang first up. And he doesn't want to know about it when you talk her up. Like, he's so... <laughs> I was down in King Island. I was like, mate, I think she might be another Alinghi. Shut up! Shut up! Don't <laughs> well, talk about I it. I can understand that coming from you. Hey, speaking of Tassie, we'll be down there tomorrow. Launceston Cup Day. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, and um, as was the case in Hobart, the Cups are taking second uh, billing to the inevitable, and that's just fine because... This is the best horse Scott Brutton's ever trained. This is one of the best horses Tasmania's ever unearthed. I'm actually, I was a bit surprised. It was my error. I thought that he was going to come straight to Melbourne, but he's had a very busy summer down there. It's been a massive thrill for Tasmanians, and you'll notice it tomorrow when we're down there, just how big he is when he, even when he enters the mounting yard. And um, so his quest for the All-Star Mile is, this is the final brush of paint, and then he, five weeks into the All-Star Mile, so... I'd love to see him. I think he can win the All-Star Mile. Is David Perez going to come over and ride I would him imagine. in the All-Star yeah, Mile? Yeah, I would totally imagine so. He's, you know, they're hand in glove, those two. So you could make a terrible error by going for someone fancier than David Perez. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the little champ. You wait till you see him in the mounting yard or, or in the behind the stalls tomorrow. He's the most gorgeous creature, the inevitable. And well, He's been out here before, but he's he's blossomed a lot more. Yeah, he just looks the p- complete picture now. Uh, so. He's seventh, I think, in voting for the All-Star Mile, so he'll be guaranteed, you'd think. With... No, there'll be no issue there. And the Bear the, and the other owners are doing a great job with the social media. I, I don't know whether you've seen it, but the, the one they did with all the kids and the family kids and all that, and uh, so he's he's a roaring uh, success with the voting, um, and I'm looking forward to. Oh, it was a real privilege to see him at, at Hobart. Um, so it's going to be great to see him tomorrow. And I think once you see him in the flesh and you see him win, you will quickly realise that he's not a small fry. He is a small fry, but he's not a small fry in the All Star Mile. I think he's about fifteen or twenty to one in the uh, All Star Mile. Uh, he's 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 going to come in as fit as a horse can possibly be. So so we're on from. Eight thirty to one. Yep, live. Uh, a little from bit of a Launceston. A little bit of a hybrid of uh, racing pulse and the big V, and we'll bring you all the all the talent, and hopefully get Perez and the Mohawk. Hopefully the Mohawk will join us. We'll get all of the locals, and well, it's farewell for Peter Staples. It's his final day as a uh, journalist. He's been working there for about eighty or ninety years, I think, uh, Pete. So it'll be good to say farewell to him in person tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Benny Thompson's coming down to ride Uncommon James in the Oakley Plate, so a great engagement for him. No decision yet on Cool and Gatter. Did we grab a little Dave Eustace? No? I think the three options are Newmarket, which is most unlikely, William Reed, or even possibility of going up to Sydney for the Galaxy. No, absolutely. Um I was a bit surprised to read this. Um, who the the first trainer in U.S. history to train ten thousand winners 
is Steve Asmussen. It's not Bob Baffert. The former champion jockey. No, no, that's Cash. Cash Asmussen. Steve Asmussen. Is um, he brother of? I'm not sure what the relationship is. So he became the winningest trainer in North American history in August 2021. And now he's he's got to 10,000 wins. And for those who aren't aware, he was the trainer of Gunrunner and Rachel Alexandra. And you know the most amazing thing about it? You'd reckon to get to 10,000 wins, you'd have to be 80. He's 57. That's Gee, qu- quite a, an amazing career, Steve Asmussen. He's been in the Hall of Fame and all sorts of awards there, but... Uh, that's a staggering stat for a 57-year-old. He's, he's a young man. He's sort of he's only a couple of years older than me. Uh, just on the international, a couple of years younger. Just on the international um, scene, we're about to have a chat to Caitlin Jones. Make sure you have a listen to it because Caitlin is the defending champion in the Saudi International Jockeys Challenge. She's heading back there for this weekend, and of course she had, I think, about three or four months on the sidelines with that debilitating back injury. But she'll be there competing against the likes of Frankie Dottori and the other world's best jockeys in Saudi this weekend. And Damien Lane, of course, going over there for a ride in the Saudi Cup. And I remember interviewing her after last year and she's talking about being in Riyadh and uh, the the way the whole thing uh, was conducted. And then last year she went on to Dubai as well. So I don't know whether she's going to also go on to Dubai this year. So what an adventure for uh, for Caitlin Jones. So I'll definitely tune into that. Um, Big V today... We're going to have a chat to an author, Michael. Remember that discussion that we were that was a bit confusing uh, last week um, about the situation that arose with that famous situation in history with Amunis and Farlap and the reason why deductions were offered for the same horse winning Cups doubles and it was the most sensational story of its time was the... Uh, the attempted assassination of Farlap because of the liability of bookmakers and so on. And uh, David Robertson is the grandson of the legendary trainer Lou Robertson. He's writing a book about that particular chapter in history and uh, he's going to join us. uh, And he's got a little bit of a revelation there too about the real story of what happened back then and what the the real liability would have been. And it wasn't a Moonus. It was a different horse. So uh, he's done a lot of research on it and he's come up with some interesting... Uh, developments around that uh, amazing time in history. And uh, Mark Chittick's going to join us. We were going to have a chat to him yesterday, but he's going to join us to explain why they hid I Wish I Win behind a hedge because they were so embarrassed about him when he was a foal. And uh, H is our on the roader today. Looking forward to it. That sounds uh, intriguing, re um, the Farlap story. Hey, um, Apprentice... Mick has put up a, another Twitter poll for us and he's just sent it through. It's literally only, well, it has literally only just gone up. It is, can Rock and Horse cause an upset in the Oakley Plate? Uh, first up, um, currently 34 that can't be right, $34. Well, she's twenty into 26 now. $26 Rock and Horse seems over. I think people see her as a straight horse, Flemington. Um, so um, that Twitter poll has just gone up. Maddie, you'll be able to give a more definitive uh, result in the Big V because it literally has gone up. It's 50-50. Um, past form, yes, can win. No, 58. And an injury cloud will be too much. Uh, we've got the sum total of two votes. So it's, yeah, I'll, give, I'll make it three votes. I say, I say no. Uh, no for Rock and Horse. Uh, on you, Matty. We'll Thanks, see you mate. in the Big V.